his name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. We're so glad to see you today, whether you're here in person. Good to see you guys that are here. Uh, Those of you who are joining online, uh, those who are on our overflow, and I had great fun saying it last week, so I'll say it again. So you guys are in the main campus of First Baptist Church Cloudcroft. We have the the south campus, which is our fellowship hall. (laughs) We have the west campus, which is down at the end of the hall to the right. Someday we'll have a northwest campus, I guess if we have to have another overflow room. But we are so glad that you're here. And if you would do a favor for me, especially if you are new, whether you're new joining in online or whether you're new here with us, um, you can go to our our website, fbccloudcroft.org. There is a digital connection card. Uh, We're we're trying to not touch as many things as we can. That, That doesn't even sound right. Anyways, we've gone to digital connection cards. You can also look, it's a really cool app, it's the Uversion app, it's the little brown Bible that you can get on your phone. If you click on the more button down at the bottom right, then you'll see events, and then it'll show us, you click on that, and looky there, you've got all the notes, Um, that means if you drift off a little bit, you can do this, especially if you're online, uh, you have the answers, but there's also right at the top of that, our digital connection card, so that's that's how we're keeping in touch with you, that's how... Uh, you can keep in touch with us. You can use that for a prayer request or uh, many other things. Let us know what's happening going on, especially if this is your first time here. We want a record of your visit. Now, if this is your first time, whether you're joining us first time online or joining us first time here, a uh, couple of things that you need to know. One is I'm really slow. So, so we have been in Luke now for, oh my, did we start in February, I think, maybe? Um, And we've made it all the way to about the middle of chapter 3. This is our third message on chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. Um, I I know who who can make a whole message out of two verses. Well, I've made three. This is the third one now. But they're really, really big concepts that that we're jumping into. And I've had so much fun uh, digging into the gospel of Jesus according to Luke. Luke is a doctor, was a doctor, and and Luke investigated all these things. He's writing to Theophilus. And Luke tells Theophilus, um, I want you to know, and the way he says it is, I want you to be certain of the things that you have been taught. And we talked about that early. Uh, some of us grew up in church. I, I didn't. I didn't meet the Lord until I was 15, so it was all brand new to me. I was trying to figure a bunch of stuff out uh, before I was a believer. And you try to try to merge the whole Adam and Eve story together with evolution and you come up with a weird theology I had as a seventh grader that God put Adam and Eve there didn't work out pulled them back did evolution and tried that you know that was a a weird non-christian that is bad bad theology I just want to let you know well Luke wants us to be certain of the things we've been taught and so Luke investigated he interviewed eyewitnesses of the accounts and so we'll find some things in Luke that fill in the gaps in some of the other Gospels, which is way cool. If you've never read through the Gospels, they call Matthew, Mark, and Luke the synoptic. That means that they see together. They're pretty well right in line. You can read them right alongside each other. John takes a whole different kind of spin. So John's view of Christmas is one of my favorite, and we'll hit one of those verses today. Anyway, so so here we are uh, digging into the last of these three really big topics the baptism of jesus the trinity some light reading for you if you want to dig into that you know sometime during this week and then today i want us to talk about something else not not many baptist churches do you hear messages about the trinity 
but neither do you hear messages about the Holy Spirit. So uh, we are Southern Baptists. That means um, that we raise our hands, but we try not to jump over the pews. Um, but Holy Spirit, let, let me just give you the big idea and then I'll, I'll jump into it. And if I start talking really fast, somebody, somebody raise your hand. I'll, I'll try to slow down a bit. All this is online later. You can play it in slow-mo if you want. But, but I get really excited about these kinds of things. This, to me, is a really exciting message today. So let me just give you the big idea right up front, and then we'll kind of unpack it as we go. So the big idea is this, that the Holy Spirit is God in us. Okay? We're going to unpack what that means as we go along. Let me read the verses to you. This is Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized... And was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, saying, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Now, I love that, and we've said this a couple of weeks, but I want to make sure that you get this. Um, This picture that we get in, in the Gospels is not like the painting that you probably have seen of the baptism. Okay, just... Just to clarify, you can you can read this and dig into it a little bit on your own. It doesn't say that there were clouds that were here. Now, in the picture, there were clouds. You remember this? The painting, clouds, the clouds parted, the sun shone through, and there was a dove coming to land on Jesus' shoulder. It doesn't say that there were clouds here. It says the heavens split. That's the same word that we use for schizophrenic. So the heavens skidst. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. The heavens split. I don't know what that looks like, but it doesn't mention clouds. The Holy Spirit came down. It doesn't say there was a bird there. The Holy Spirit came down, and it came like a dove would. That would be the best way to translate that from the Greek. Like a dove would. So the Holy Spirit came down. Don't know what that looked like. Um, I wish Luke would have painted a picture for us. That would have been awesome. And, And landed or came upon Jesus. And they heard the voice of the Father saying from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And and again, the reason I make that distinction for you is because when you look at the painting, you can easily dismiss all of that. It was a cloudy day. The clouds broke through, the sun shined, and there was thunder. And they said, oh, hey, look, the Holy Spirit, you know, and there was a bird, you know, and that you could easily dismiss all that unless you realize It doesn't mention that there were clouds. It doesn't mention a bird. The heavens split. The Holy Spirit came down. And they heard a voice from heaven. All heard it and understood it. Does that make sense to you? So that was a baptism when we got into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the three in one. At that moment, you see Father, Son, and Spirit at the same time. Which blows away most of our illustrations. I don't know what it is with Siri who likes to butt into the messages. Let's see. All right. She said she's sorry she didn't catch that. So let me repeat it for you. Uh, All at one time, you see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, together. Three in one. Each independent with their own personality, if you want to use that kind of word. And yet, one God. Bigger than my mind can fathom, but that's okay. A lot of things are. So today we're going to get into the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit is probably the most neglected person in the Trinity. 
especially among Baptists. Now, I know we uh, one cool thing about our church is we have a really eclectic faith background. We have people people from a lot of different backgrounds and denominations, and I love that. But but if you if you grew up Southern Baptist, anytime someone mentioned the Holy Spirit, you, you kind of had to look around a little bit, you know, because we just don't talk about the Holy Spirit a whole lot in Baptist churches. Is that right? Yeah, I thought I'd get an amen out of it. Amen from that old time Southern. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we just don't talk about the Holy Spirit a whole lot. And, and so, so I want us to, to really kind of get a better understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. We should never say what the Holy Spirit is. Now, if you're a King James person, that's great. I'm glad you are. I'm glad you can understand that. You can explain Macbeth to me. Um, someday it's about the same era 1611 the king james is written but but one of the one of the problems uh, about the way they refer to the holy spirit in the king james version is it freaks us out the holy ghost any of you tell ghost stories when you're a kid around the campfire yeah um i was a kid and i saw the scariest movies at drive-ins you learn how long you can hold it when you're at a drive-in watching a scary movie so so let's 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 first of all shift our thinking as we begin this discussion of of the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit is a who, not a what. The Holy Spirit is a person in the Trinity, not a thing. Right. So so I think the Holy Spirit is the most neglected person in the whole in, in the Trinity. We talk about the father. We talk about the son. You know, we got to throw the spirit in there because you know, it says it. But. But we neglect the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. So today, let, let's unpack that a little bit. So, so the Holy Spirit, uh, let, let, let's back up just a bit. When Jesus was here, when Jesus walked the earth in bodily form, you remember the flesh, the word became flesh. When Jesus walked, he was teacher. Now you get that, right? They called him rabbi. Now this wasn't an honorary title. This is something we'll dig into uh, so, someday but Jesus was a rabbi. You couldn't just go out and start calling yourself a rabbi. I know we live in a whole different world. You can go out and start calling yourself a preacher, can't you? Yeah. Well, you couldn't do that for a rabbi. The rabbi had gone through training. The rabbi was respected. The rabbi was well known. Jesus was a rabbi. That wasn't an honorific title for him. It wasn't just, you know, just something that they kind of threw. He was a teacher. And we see this in Matthew chapter 1. Um, well, actually, I jumped ahead of myself. So he was teacher. Um, Jesus, it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 33, was going to be called Emmanuel. Now, Greek I loved. Hebrew didn't click with me, and I freaked out on a vocabulary test one time. Emmanuel, something us God. I know that means something us God. Well, it means with us, God, or God with us. So Jesus, when he was here, he was God with us. He was teacher. And, and, and this is something, this is the freebie, so, um, you know, this is the toy that comes with the Happy Meal. Um, it was a sad day in my house when, when my kids figured out that food came with a Happy Meal. I, I don't know if that's the same with anyone else. I used to be able to, they would get the toy and i get to eat the Happy Meal. Then they found out, oh, there's fries. And later on, they found out there's a whole meal that comes with it. But here's your toy that comes with a Happy Meal. Parents, when your children are young, these guys, when your children are young, 
when they're pre-adolescent, so fifth grade or younger, actually adolescents may start in fourth grade, I don't know anymore, fifth grade and younger, you are teacher to them. You, you instruct them. This is how you do it. Here, let me show you. You, you are there. Jesus was present with us in bodily form. I love John chapter 1, verse 14. It really describes it. One of my favorite, I have lots of, of verses in the Bible. And the Word became flesh. God the Son, eternal, existed from eternity past in perfect communion with the Father and the Spirit. God the Son became flesh. He didn't put on a skin suit. He became flesh. And we beheld His glory. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father. When Jesus walked the earth, He was teacher. That's why He had disciples. He was a rabbi. His disciples were with Him 24-7 for about three to three and a half years. That's some pretty intense teaching. Jesus showed them. That's what we do as parents, all right? Holy Spirit, though, the Holy Spirit is helper. That's how he's referred. Uh, in fact, I have a lot of verses. I'm going to read a couple of little bit longish passages to you. Uh, you should have all these uh, in the notes. He's, he's going to put them up here. Um, maybe if I put them on there. I think I have a whole slew here in a moment. Let me read to you. Well, well first of all, let me say this. So Jesus was teacher. He was God with us. The Holy Spirit is helper. Here's the difference. The Holy Spirit is God in us. Does that make a difference to you? It should. Jesus was God with us. He was in the flesh. He was one place at one time on the outside showing and teaching. The Holy Spirit is helper. He is That, that word helper is a really fun word in Greek. It, it's paraclete. It's one who's called alongside the help. Parents, let me help you out with this. While you are teacher with your children, you work on relationship. Andy Stanley, uh, I love in a fun little series he has called Parental Guidance Required. He, he says, God is merciful and gracious to us that, that when we have children, we have with them size and position. You can tell that two-year-old, I'm your daddy, and you will sit in that car seat, Right? While you have size and position, while you are a teacher with them, you work on relationship because you will have to transition, transition. That's put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. You will have to transition into the helper role. This is hard for us because that transition time is called the teen years. Sometimes the teen years go into the 20s just a little bit. And unfortunately, they start about when they're 10, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> During that time, we transition from teacher to helper, one who's called alongside to help. But, but where, where we're talking about the Holy Spirit in the Trinity, Jesus was God with us. Holy Spirit is God in us. That's totally different. He, and we're going to read through some of these. He came to manifest himself in a whole different way. And Jesus really, the disciples make me feel so good about myself. Um, because Jesus told them over and over and over and they didn't get it. But he tells them why that they didn't get it then and why they were going to get it later. John 14, this is verse 15 through 26. Jesus is with his disciples and, and he's, he's really leading into his last bit of time with them. And he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That's that word parakletos or paraclete. Sounds like a pair of shoes to me. But one who's called alongside to help to be with you forever. So Jesus said, I will leave you. He won't leave you. He will be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Jesus says, not not only is he the helper, the one who's called alongside to help, but he's the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. That happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came to dwell within the heart of men. And Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Sometimes we get a little bit confused as we're going through this. Don't forget, it's the Holy Spirit, the triune God, the Trinity, three in one. So when Jesus says, I'm going to go away, I have to leave you, but the Father is going to send the helper, the one who's called alongside to help you. He will never leave you. Then Jesus kind of transitions into Trinity talk, and he says, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Don't let that bend your brain too much. He's still talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come. He says in, in verse 19, yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Again, he's getting back into Trinity talk here. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, when the Holy Spirit comes, the day of Pentecost, we know it. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. You, you see, the Holy Spirit came in a whole different way than Jesus, God the Son, did. The Holy Spirit came to indwell us. He came to live in us. When Jesus talks a little bit later in John 17, that this amazing unity that he has with the Father and with the Spirit, and he said that we will have with him, he's praying God, let them be one with us as we are one with one another. And he says, in that day, you'll know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't met a Judas. You guys ever met somebody named Judas? If, if you did, his middle name would be not Iscariot. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will man your, manifest yourself to us and not the world? They're, they're trying to comprehend this because all they've seen is physical God the Son, God in the flesh. That's all they've seen. That's all really they, they know. They said, how will that be that you're going to manifest yourself to us but not to them? And Jesus answered, if anyone loves me and keeps my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and we will make our home with him. He's talking here about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Jesus was God with us. Holy Spirit is God in us. Then he goes on a a little bit further. Let me jump down to um, verse 26. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I wonder how many times the disciples had a question and Jesus wasn't handy to, to answer. I, I know they discussed things a lot by themselves. I think that's because they were trying to 
get someone to get enough courage to go and ask Jesus. You know, I think Peter was the one that usually got chosen. I don't want to ask him. You ask him. No, I asked him last time. You go ask him. But, but I wonder how many times that it, it was that the disciples were there and, and some of them may have been talking and I said, I don't know, we're going to have to ask Jesus when we see him next. Jesus is saying that that is me with you, but the helper is going to be different. The helper will dwell in you. And then if you jump back, thinking back into Trinity talk, three and one, Jesus is, is trying to help them understand that when you, when you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, that you have the fullness of God in you, I will be in you through the Holy Spirit because we are one. Then John 16, if you're not confused enough, let me, let me confuse you a little bit more. John 16, verse 7 through 15. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. I can imagine, and we saw this a little bit later with Peter particularly, but, but I can imagine as Jesus talks about going away, they're trying to convince him otherwise. You know, no, Lord, you, you don't need to do that. You, you stay here. This is good. Uh, kind of like when Peter, James, and John saw Jesus, Moses, and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. They're like, oh, let's just stay here. You know, They said, this is it's better if you're with us. They're, they're trying to convince him. And Jesus says, it's to your advantage if i go away for if i do not go away the helper will not come to you but if i go i will send him to you and when he comes and and this is part of the role of the holy spirit we won't get into this a whole lot this morning but as he says when he comes he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because i go to the father and you will see me no longer that is in the flesh Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And then Jesus says something that gives us a little bit of insight to another part of the role of the Holy Spirit. He said, I still have many things to say, but you cannot bear them now. (laughs) You you ever talk to people and all of a sudden you can tell you're losing them? Yeah? Eyes glaze over. With kids, that's like about the third word. You know, just losing them. Jesus says, look, there's a lot more that that I I need to tell you, but I know that you can't bear it now. And then he says, when the Holy Spirit of truth comes, or when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. One of the differences between the teacher and the helper, the one who is God with us and the one who is God in us, is the Holy Spirit can actually give us wisdom and understanding into things. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus was teacher, but the Holy Spirit's teacher on a whole different realm. The Holy Spirit is going to give you wisdom and understanding. These things that I'm telling you now that your eyes glaze over, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will understand. Is it no wonder that after Pentecost, one of the things that is said most often about the disciples was, Look at the boldness that they have. These are uneducated men. You remember that? These are uneducated men. And then the implication is they're not acting like uneducated men. These men are speaking with boldness and with authority. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had given them understanding into all these things that Jesus had been telling them when their eyes were glazing over. When they couldn't stay awake any longer and would lean on one another and take a quick nap. He says, 
He will not speak on his own authority. This is the same thing that we saw when Jesus was here. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Here's another cool thing, jumping back to the Trinity. Jesus always glorified the Father. He always pointed to the Father. Here we see that the Holy Spirit will always be pointing to the Son, who always points to the Father. Let me just read a couple more of these quick. These are short little verses to you, and then we'll talk about three things we need to know and one thing that we need to do about the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, Paul's writing to them, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. We're going to hit that in just a moment. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Anybody ever been there? You ever like start to go to pray? You don't even know what to pray. God, I, I, I don't even have the words. This is cool. The Holy Spirit who dwells in us. By the way, if you are a believer, he does dwell in you. Paul was, was implying if you are believers, then he does. He says, uh, for we do not know. We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit, yeah, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Isn't that cool? Because God, the Holy Spirit, indwells us. He can even put words to things that we don't have words for. There are a lot of times I just don't even know how to pray. But you can go to the Father knowing that Holy Spirit is interceding on your behalf. Now, we know sometimes that we don't pray as we ought. Now, I don't mean that we don't pray. Sometimes we pray for things, but we get a little selfish. Anybody with me? Yeah, can I, can I get a witness? <laughs> so, so we get a little bit selfish and sometimes we might we might pray for something and, and we might be praying for it maybe in a little bit of a selfish way. Just know that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. That, that the Holy Spirit knows what's in our hearts. And, and we might sometimes forget to say, God, but I, I know that you're in control. So even in this prayer, Lord, would you do what would bring honor and glory to you? The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul says this. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? He is God in us. We, we, we think of that as, as if it were symbolic. We, we think of that as, as if it, it was metaphorical, like, oh, yeah, 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 and God's everywhere, you know. No, no. Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. Holy Spirit is God in us. He has taken up residence in us. He indwells every believer. When Paul says that, he's not saying it in in some kind of symbolic kind of way. 
God's Spirit dwells in you. You are the temple for God's Spirit. He dwells in you. And then 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? And then he tells us, because God's Spirit dwells in us, you are not your own anymore. You have been bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Then Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, Paul again says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, that's Jesus, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. You probably heard this before, but it bears repeating. When he's talking here that the Holy Spirit that indwells every believer is the guarantee of our inheritance, he's the seal. He is, uh, if you want to use um, a real estate term, he is the earnest. God has put his deposit of the Holy Spirit in you to say that you are his. And nothing, no one can take that away. God said it's done. So let me, let me say what I said we were going to get to. Three things that we need to know about the Holy Spirit from all this. One, the Holy Spirit is God in us. That's not symbolic. That's not metaphorical. Just as Jesus, God the Son, from eternity past, part of the Trinity, the Godhead, became flesh and dwelt among us, John writes. So, just as, it, just as that is in a very literal sense, God the Holy Spirit came to dwell within every believer. He dwells in you if you are a believer. God the Spirit dwells in you. That's not symbolic, it's not metaphorical, it's, it, it is literal. He dwells in you. We forget that. Anybody ever wish that Jesus was still here? Do you? Yeah. I mean, I, I, that would be awesome. Man, I'd, Jesus, will you preach for me this week? <laughs> you know? Why, son, you, you're taking a vacation? No, sir, I just want to hear you preach. <laughs> I fall into that sometimes saying, man, I wish Jesus were still here walking around. I've got so many questions. You're, you're actually pushing aside God's provision for us now. Who is his Holy Spirit? He dwells in you. In a very real sense, Jesus is with you. God the Spirit is in you. You just need to learn how to listen. And, and I know we think, yeah, but I could listen a whole lot better if Jesus were up here saying words that I could hear out loud. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll point them out when we get to them with the disciples, how they had trouble listening. We just need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. So the first one is, the Holy Spirit is God in us. Just as Jesus was God with us in the flesh, the Holy Spirit is God in us literally the second thing is this though the holy spirit is helper he's one who is called alongside to help you don't have to live in fact i would say that you cannot live the
the life that God wants you to live in your own power. You have to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why he sent him. And in a whole different way, listen, if Jesus were here physically, he could only be with you or with me or with us as a crowd or with the church down the street or the church across the street. He could only be at one place at one time. God sent his spirit so that every single one of us can have the full presence of God all the time. We just need to realize that he is sent for us. He's our helper. He's the one we should go to. He's the one that we should lean on for understanding. He's the one that we should ask our questions. The Holy Spirit is real. We forget. Or maybe we've never been taught. But you have now. Finally, the Holy Spirit is the manifestation of a relationship with God. Everyone who has come to faith in Christ has received the Holy Spirit. You you can't make it any other way in Scripture. If you are a believer, you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. That's why you you get to some of these verses that kind of talk about if you have the Spirit. What he's saying is if you are a believer, if you are a Christian... Because if you are, if you are a follower of Jesus, then you have the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, Jesus is a liar. And God's word is a liar. You have the Holy Spirit. It's a little bit more than that, though. So let me get to the one thing that we need to do about the Holy Spirit. Are you guys ready? This is where it doesn't sound very Baptist. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I thought you said we already have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So let me, let me qualify this word filled just a little bit. Uh, being filled with the Spirit has with it the idea of being controlled by the Spirit. It's one thing to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. It's another thing to let Him have control of you. That's why Paul reminds us, you are not your own anymore. I, I, don't, I don't know, hopefully this isn't news for you, but whenever you came to faith in Christ, do you know what you, know what you did? You made him your boss. We call it, he's our Savior and Lord. He is our Lord. And and we need to relinquish control of us to the Holy Spirit. Not in a symbolic way, in a real way. So so let let me tell you what that looks like just a little bit. Are you ready? Ephesians 5.18 Paul says it like this, and and we're Baptists, so we use this verse in a little bit different way often. He says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I think we shouldn't be drunk with wine. No good thing comes from that, nor with whiskey or gin. I just don't want to leave any loopholes for anybody. Don't get drunk. The idea is when you're drunk, you lose control. The alcohol has control of you. Paul says, and if you read in this, you really can't read it any other way. He's using being drunk as an illustration for what he's telling us here in Ephesians 5. What Paul is telling us is you need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. You need to be controlled by Him. 
rather than losing control or being controlled by alcohol, you should be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then you will exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We know what that is, right? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I hope I didn't leave one out. Goodness, thank you. Goodness. I left out goodness. Those those attributes or, or those characteristics are simply the result of being filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. So, so let me ask you. I, I mean this in the Baptist way. <laughs> are you filled with the Spirit? What if I were to ask your neighbor, what if I read to him the fruit of the Spirit and said, I'm, I'm going to pick somebody that I don't think is here. We don't have a Philip, Johnny, Jim, Billy, Joe, Bob Jr., do we? Okay. Um, I have somebody that I call that a lot, but I'm not talking about you. What if we were to go and ask Philip, Johnny, Jim, Billy, Joe, Bob Jr., your neighbor's a member of our church this is the fruit of the spirit do you see that in him some of you are like "Mm." what if we were to ask your spouse what if we were to ask your kid the reason i ask it that way is because we want to say oh yeah oh yeah don't ask my wife though I got mad at her the other day. Don't don't ask my kid. I was a little bit harsh. I make this stuff up, by the way. I just don't. Because <laughs> she's sitting over here. And my kid's listening. I, I say it that way because we know that those who are around us, particularly those who are closest to us, would know. So ask yourself this. Can the people who are closest to you see the fruit of the Spirit in you? If your answer is no, then I would say, then maybe you're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. By the way, that that word is be being filled. It's a continual kind of thing. Um, You've heard that we're jars of clay, right? We're leaky vessels. (laughs) We need to get filled up with God all the time. And then that way it's okay if he leaks, (laughs) isn't it? We need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be controlled with the Spirit so that what people see from us is the fruit of the Spirit. You know how to fix that if you don't see that? I'm going to tell you. Right now, whether you're home on your couch, whether you're in our overflow, so FBC South or FBC West, wherever you are, you can say, Holy Spirit, I give control of myself to you if you don't like the fruit that you see coming out it's not the fruit of the spirit you just say i surrender holy spirit to your control of my life the good news is he'll do it like that now you might not have fire from heaven um might not be a mighty rushing wind uh, th- those were particular things that happened on a particular day could be i'm not going to limit what god we, we might find tongues of fire after we get finished praying here in a minute that'd be awesome 
But when you say, Holy Spirit, I give control of myself to you, he'll do it. The bad news is you might have to do that a little bit later on today too. And tomorrow. And tomorrow afternoon. We need to get in the habit of communing with God the Spirit in our life. And when we find that we've taken the reins, that we say, Holy Spirit, you take the reins. Here's something that, that I heard as a teenager that stuck with me. Holy Spirit, would you wear me like a glove? <laughs> would you just wear me like a glove? Would you just control every aspect of me? Don't let anything that I do be of me, but let it be of you. And I believe if we do that, that we're going to see a huge difference in us. I believe if we do that, our family is going to see a difference in us. And if we do that as a church, as a body of Christ, the people in the community are going to see the difference. Doesn't mean we're not going to mess up. But it means that I'm a little bit more like Jesus today than I was yesterday. And God willing, I'll be a little bit more like Jesus tomorrow than I am today. Let's pray. Father, it's so easy for us to, to take back control of our lives. We try to. It, it's so easy for us to, to, to totally neglect your Holy Spirit that you've given to us as the helper, the one who's called alongside to walk with us through this life and try to do it on our own, waiting for the day that Jesus will return in the flesh forgetting that you have given us your spirit to be with us, to control us, to fill us, to, to empower us in the here and now. And so, Father, I pray that you would do something amazing in us. God, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? And Holy Spirit, we surrender ourselves to you. Holy Spirit, would you, would you just wear us like a glove? Would, would you take control? Would you... Be the one who speaks through us. Would you give us wisdom and understanding as we read your word? Would you help us just get, get into our heart and get into our head that you are God in us? Not symbolically, not metaphysically, but literally. Teach us to walk with you just just as we would walk with Christ if he were here with us in the flesh. And God, would you change us? Would you make us more like Christ? Would you let what goes from us be the, the produce, the product of the Holy Spirit in us? Use us in ways that would draw people to faith in Christ, in ways that would bring honor and glory to you. We pray this in Jesus' amazing name. Amen.